Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. It finally happened, something that we've been talking about for quite some time. Uh, has officially, officially happened. Ole Miss has mutually agreed to part ways with Kermit Davis, which means they fired Kermit Davis. It's something that if you have been listening to this long enough, you know that I said even all the way back in March of last year that this was the inevitable outcome. Early in the season, it was very clear that this was the inevitable outcome, and that outcome is finally here. So it's a long conversation to be had, one of many that are coming about candidates and stuff like that, because season still got a little bit left on it. So uh, the candidates, with the exception of a couple who are currently out of a job, are, are still coaching right now and will be for a little bit. So this is one of probably many coaching search conversations with Ole Miss basketball. So we're going to have it here on this edition of the show. I am, again, Michael Borky. I am always glad that you guys are with me. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get them. Just pull out your favorite podcast app, Search Rebel Report, uh, leave a rating and a review if you like what you hear. Also, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And before we get into why Ole Miss did it, which is a very short part of this conversation because they weren't winning enough basketball games, spoiler alert, and who should replace them, I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website if you're Anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, you or your business are anywhere inside of the state and you're in the market for office technology, Advantage Business Systems has you covered from anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, IT projects, phone systems. If it's tech, if it's in the office and you or your business are in Mississippi and you need it, absms.com has you covered. If you tell Advantage Business Systems that I sent you, by the way, when you reach out to them, they'll give you a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me, absms.com. Podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. They've got 16 locations scattered across the state of Mississippi. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority, and you can access all of their services anywhere you just have internet access. It's more than just online banking and bill pay services and checking balances, but you can transfer funds. You can make payments at alerts. They have an entire loan servicing department. If you need banking, any kind of banking, convenient one-stop shop banking, Priority One Bank, again, 16 locations across the state of Mississippi has you covered. Again, let Priority One Bank make you their priority. So we talked about this, obviously, a good bit on the radio show yesterday. Here is that conversation. It's it's long. It's gonna be. It's gonna feel a little choppy because of radio segments and like having to cut music out and other stuff that we talked about. But you, you'll hear me. You'll hear Richard. You'll hear some of Hey Dad talking about Kermit Davis getting fired from Ole Miss, and then Chris Beard, Will Wade, Chris Hartman, which is a name. Uh, Holtman, not Hartman. I've got um, Notre Dame football flashing in front of my face right now. Sam Hartman, Chris. Anyway, Chris Holtman, Dusty May, that kind of stuff, what Keith Carter has to do, what he's dealing with, all of that is uh, is coming your way 
right now. So here that is, long conversation. Kermit Davis got fired, little background on that. And then going through the early candidates, um, you guys have heard me talk about Chris Beard and Will Wade before. Um, I would vet both of them. I don't think I would go down the Chris Beard road based on the information available and also some stuff that's that's floating around, if you will. I wouldn't go down that road, or I would understand if Keith Carter doesn't go down that road. Some of you disagree, and, and that's okay. Free to disagree. My first candidate would be Will Wade and then Chris Holtman. That would be my top two, and then I would have to go on from there. But either way, there's a lot of discussion here and a lot of good stuff. So here that is for you now. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll have a baseball recap also coming this weekend as well. But in the meantime, basketball coaching search. Here that is right now. All right, let's do the obligatory thing. Here were the statements. Uh, Keith Carter, we thank Coach Davis for his dedication to the Ole Miss basketball program and our student-athletes. No one wanted to bring a title home to Mississippi more than him, and we appreciate the passion for that goal that he shared with our team every day. As he has throughout his career, Coach Davis worked tirelessly to produce a winner, and we wish him, Betty, and his family the very best in the future. I'll echo that part. Kermit's family is great. And Kermit was incredible for the city of Oxford, for the community in which I live. And I I have no idea what's next for him, but I'd love it if part of their home at least remained here. I don't know that that will happen. None of my business, whether or not that happens. Kermit Davis is a good man. He's a good man who was paid handsomely to win basketball games, and he didn't win enough of those, and so he's either looking for another job or he's headed into retirement, whatever he wants to do. I would think that he is financially in a position where if he wants to hang it up after a heck of a run as a uh, as a basketball coach at the major college level, then he could do that, but that's his business. Um the statement from Kermit Davis was, my family and I are extremely thankful for the opportunity to lead the Ole Miss men's basketball program the past five years. We appreciate Chancellor Boyce, Keith Carter, the staff, and players for their support and work ethic on behalf of our program, and I wish Ole Miss the best. Going forward, Oxford is a special place to live and work. Win Case has been named the interim head coach. He will run the team for tomorrow's game against LSU and then for two games next week to close out the regular season. Uh, and then Ole Miss Was Win will... Game not available? Um, <laughs> it was not. He was he was busy already. Win how is Win Case a not a lawyer? That's what I mean. How is your name Win Case and you're not an attorney? Yeah. Um, Ole Miss will play next Wednesday in the SEC basketball tournament, and they will either win that game and play Thursday, or they will lose that game and their season will come to an end. So, so th- those are the facts. Just just laying it out there. That's what we got for you. And so, yeah, I mean, a surprise to absolutely no one. There was the question, well, why do you do it at this point? I I think, and this is just what I think. This is not something that I have necessarily verified with anybody. But I think you do this to avoid Dennis Felton, Georgia. You remember the, the SEC tournament with the tornado? where it blew part of the roof off in the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. Um, they move it to Georgia Tech's campus. Georgia goes on a run. They win four games in four days. Georgia was on the way to firing Dennis Felton. 
but he got his team to the NCAA tournament and they couldn't fire him. And then a year later, they did just that. They fired Dennis Felton. Um, It feels like a long shot at best for this Ole Miss team to make that kind of a run. But that's probably the reason you do it. You, You just eliminate whatever fractional possibility that is. You just take that off the table. Keith goes ahead and has the conversation yesterday. Keith Carter with Kermit Davis lets him know that he's not going to be retained after the season is over, gives him the option to finish coaching the regular season or finish the season with his team or not, and Kermit declines that option. And here we are. So everything is kind of, I mean, as much as a basketball coaching search or a football coaching search or whatever is out in the open, everything is now out in the open. Yeah. And I assume, without knowing, you would know, and I think you would confirm this, Ole Miss has been working on this, at least in part, as much as they could for a little bit. It's not like it's not like Keith Carter sat in his office today and thought, hmm, just fired Kermit. Well, now what? Oh, shoot, no. i got to put a candidate list together. Like, <laughs> he's been working on this for a little bit. Yeah, and, and there are two ways that that happens, right? I mean, Keith Carter, as the athletics director, ultimately, with – Glenn Boyce, the chancellor, is going to make the decision. Uh, yes, I feel confident in saying that uh, there is background work that has been going on for an extended period of time, kind of leading to this point. And then there's another piece. And people hear search firm, right? And they're like, oh, they hired a search firm. They hired a search firm. I don't, I don't know how many schools do it this way, but Ole Miss has a search firm on retainer. Because the search firm is not, hey, go out and find me a coach. The search firm is used for background communication and background checks, like deep, intensive background checks. That That's the role. And so it's not just, you got to hire a football coach, go get me a search firm. It's, you're going to have to hire a coach You're going to need to ask questions and communicate things quietly on an annual basis, usually in multiple sports. And so there is a group that they use that, I mean, that's not new. Ole Miss, Keith Carter, search firm, however you want to catch. They got a list of candidates, and they're beginning that process. Have begun that process behind the scenes. What I've learned, yeah. What I've learned today and over the last few weeks talking about this is there is very little room for nuance or or understanding the complexities of the situation that Keith Carter is in. I've I've learned that, and we'll talk about it more, I'm sure. When it comes to the direction of the program, who leads it, who the candidate should be, and the overly simplistic responses that I've seen Ole Miss fans give, including on not only like to me directly, but on our text line, on social media, I, I, I guess people just aren't aware of the complexities of every coaching search, but especially this one. It, it's not as simple as just go hire that guy. Regardless of who you think that guy is, it's never that simple. And this one will not be that simple either. To, to pick up what I was saying earlier, because I, I think that that's an important thing here. Because, Richard, I know you've seen it and heard it, and people have said it to you, I'm sure, the way they have me. That, And it's funny, I've heard from both sides of this. 
Chris Beard's a no-brainer. Hire him right now. There's no downside. There's no whatever. And then I've also heard, if they hire Chris Beard, I'm out. Like I've heard both opposite extremes of that. But it's not that simple. I said when, when you were out last week, I think it was last week or earlier this week, that, yeah, they should absolutely vet him. And, and and explore the possibility. Why? Because he's an elite-level coach, and he would never consider your job otherwise. However, what happens if it happens again? What happens if you do the vetting and you find something else? Just because he got cleared legally doesn't mean that it is not incredibly risky. And that's that, putting it that way, I think, is kind of underselling what the problem is. It, it just it feels like when you say no brainer, get it done. There's no risk. There's no downside. I, I disagree with that so strongly. Vet him, yes, well, great you, coach, but it is not a no brainer, and it is not without risk. No, it's not without risk. It's not even a little bit without risk. Here's. All right, so let's talk about Chris Beard for a second. He was a really good coach at Little Rock. Right, got them what to uh, a 30-win season and the second round of the NCAA tournament. That's good at, at Little Rock as part of the Sun Belt. And he leaves the Little Rock job for UNLV for like 15 minutes, right? And 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 then he takes Texas Tech. I don't know if he was ever officially the UNLV head coach. I think he was. Goes to Texas Tech. March of 2016. Um, Tubby Smith left Texas Tech to go to Memphis. Chris Beard got the Texas Tech job. And they got it rolling at Tech. His first year he was 18 and 14. His second year he was 27 and 10 and got to the Elite Eight. His third year, they went 31-7 and seven and played for a national title. Then you had the COVID year where they were 18-13, and 13, and then he got to the second weekend of the tournament at 18-11. and 11. That was really good. At a place that has had moments but hasn't been great. And then in his first year at Texas, they were 22-12, and 12, and then they were 7-1 this year, a top-five team in the country when he was relieved of his duties. There's a reason I ran through his background. His background is he wins everywhere he goes at the Division I level. And in the Lone Star Conference and the Heartland Conference before that, he's won everywhere. He's a good basketball coach. He had Texas off to a 7-1 start. And they were a top-five team in the country. And Texas did not react immediately. Now, they immediately suspended him. They did not immediately fire him. And Borky, they didn't fire him the next day. And they didn't fire him three days later. They went through a two-week-long investigation process. And the University of Texas, who was paying him a bunch of money and who has not been as good as they should be in basketball, had a coach that in just two seasons had them in the top five in the country. And what did they do? Did they investigate and bring him back? 
or did they investigate and fire him? They fired him. Why did they fire him? Well, we don't technically know the answer to that. I mean, we loosely know he was involved in this domestic situation and there was a physical altercation and ultimately the charges were dropped and I guess they think this through. You have to think this through and you actually have to use your brain to do this. You can't just go, oh, he didn't get charged, hire him. He's a great basketball coach. Well, somebody else is going to hire him. Oh, okay, so somebody else is going to hire him. Tell me about all the times that you and the significant other in your life had an altercation that caused her to call the cops because of what was happening physically between you and her. Well, but it was her fault. She started it. Oh, oh, oh Okay, she started it. It escalated to the point that law enforcement was called in the middle of the night to a domestic dispute for the head basketball coach at the University of Texas. And the charges were dropped, I know. So why did Texas fire him? It has to be. It has to be because they found out something in their investigation that led them to the point of saying it is untenable for Chris Beard to remain as the head coach at the University of Texas. They didn't have to do it right then. If they thought, you know, this may get to the point where the police drop the charges, where the DA doesn't follow through with it, they could have waited it out and then said, After more review, after gathering information, there was no reason to terminate Chris Beard. We are reinstating him as the head coach. Did they do that? Did did they wait? Or did they find out something in their investigation that said, he can't be our head coach anymore? That's what they did. But... Tons of people online. I mean, we we got a message just a little while ago. You have to hire Chris Beard. No. You don't have to hire Chris Beard. In fact, you probably shouldn't hire Chris Beard. And if you're Keith Carter, is that the risk you're willing to take? Are you willing to put your career on the line for a single hire for a guy that is a great basketball coach? But who also has this in his immediate past. My answer is no. That is clearly not the answer that a lot of you have. King Biscuit says Ole Miss will seriously consider selling their soul to the devil and getting Will Wade or Chris Beard. I don't know if that was a statement or a question. No punctuation there, but Just the, the equation of the two of those guys is baffling to me. Jeff Goodman did it earlier on on Twitter today, and and that message also kind of does the same thing. They are not anywhere close to the same in terms of why they are currently out of a job. Now you can call Will Wade slimy, and you're you're right. You could call him a cheat, and yes, he did. He got caught on 
FBI wiretaps. But Will Wade's crime is paying players. Not only does the state of Mississippi allow you to do that now, but all the 49 other ones do as well. It's literally celebrated now. That's his crime. Is he a slime ball? Is he well-liked? Is he sleazy? All that stuff. Yes, yes. But that is not the same as why Chris Beard lost his job at Texas. Not anywhere close. I 100% agree with you. I would push back on the but it's legal now part of it. Well, it, it's it, it it because the issue to me is not that he paid players. The issue to me is that he brazenly and blatantly broke the rules that were in place at t- at the time. So clearly he has and, and look, I mean I get the whole if you ain't cheating you ain't trying thing. I I get it. I get it. But there's also the drive 77 to 81 in a 70 on the interstate versus the let's just roll the dice on 130 and see what happens. Like those are not exactly the same. And if you're going to be that brazen in that scenario, why wouldn't you just break whatever rules are in place now because it's the convenient and easy thing to do? True. At least, though, you don't have to. Uh, you, you can facilitate it. Tony Vitello would like a word. Well, again, there there are ways you can go about it and still do what you got to do while also protecting yourself. There was no way to protect yourself before, and again, it, it's it was remarkably stupid how he was going about it. The the head coach shouldn't be facilitating those, and they shouldn't today either. But. I, I, it just it almost frustrates me when people talk about the two of them as if they're the same, as if their risks are the same. They are not the same. We promised to go back to the text line because there were a ton of texts from you when we were talking about Will Wade, Chris Beard, etc. Um, there was this one. The charges were dropped for two reasons. The wishes of the alleged victim, and there was not sufficient evidence. Texas is woke. Is that two reasons, or or is that the same reason? Not sufficient evidence because the alleged victim chose not to press the charges? I mean, unless unless you're going to call the police liars, they observed physical markings on her body. It's in their report. The pictures are there; they just haven't been released. And if they have, yeah, yeah, and I mean, even it sounds like you're speaking from a position of knowledge. Just logic tells you if they observed physical markings on her body, they made sure to document those beyond just written word. I mean, woke is now becoming such an overused word because not possibly not wanting to hire somebody that was recently. At absolute best, at absolute best, involved in a physical altercation with a partner, a woman. If that his is fiance, his fiance. If that is woke, then the word has no meaning. It just it, done. It, well, I, I think what he was saying was that Texas was woke for firing him. <laughs> like, oh, a bunch of liberal 
all keep Austin weird people, and they no, they fired him because Steve Sarkeesian's their football coach. You think you think Texas athletics is woke? He was drunk on the field, on the field, and they still hired him. Yeah. Y- y- you think which those, those? I mean, I don't know that I think those are they're they're not, but the same. They they are willing to keep people that have problems under their employ. Yeah. So it's uh, just it, the the absence of nuance with with Chris Beard. I find frustrating to pretend like Keith Carter, if he doesn't hire him, he doesn't care about winning. To me is ridiculous. I find that just, it's nauseating to hear that statement. If you think that Keith Carter should vet him, it's dumb. Yes. If you think that he should like vet him and see what he can find and go down that road, I agree with you there. But if it's hire him and if you don't, you're a failure. I think that is just a ridiculously elementary thought. It's almost like if Keith Carter doesn't hire Chris Beard, he cares about more than just winning. I mean, not that you're really allowed to do that anymore, but maybe. Uh, is Michael White out of the question? Michael White seems unlikely, be, uh, given that he's in his first year at Georgia. A pretty good job at Georgia this year. Uh, is Keith better off hiring someone unproven who may not win or trying to hire the best coach Ole Miss would have ever hired? Yeah, what Beard did is terrible. However, Keith also can't hire a guy and be back here in three years either. That's f- it's fair, but but I'm sorry. I'm watching. Okay, that worked. That sacrifice fly. That was almost a grand slam for Arizona State. They lead three nothing with. See who the batter was? No. Who was it? His name is Will Rogers. Oh wow! Um, Double agent. Yeah, it's just it's not that simple. He's a great coach. Hire him. It's not that simple. Is uh, maybe false equivalent is the way to describe it? Is Keith better off hiring someone unproven who may not win, or hiring the best coach Ole Miss ever would have hired? If that's where it stopped, then of course it's simple. Go hire the best coach you've ever been able to hire. Why are you able to hire Chris Beard? Oh, wait, because he was fired from his last job. Why was he fired from his last job? Did he not win enough? Oh, no, he was winning plenty. Police were called to his house for a domestic violence issue in the middle of the night. But ultimately, the charges were dropped. Oh, well, in that case, sure, hire him. Should Bryce Drew be a candidate? Uh, no. <laughs> Can I do Keith Carter hiring Bryce Drew? <laughs> that would be the funniest thing ever. Tyler in Foxworth says, if Ole Miss hires him, it's the same thing as the Brandon Miller situation. It will say that winning is all that matters. Eh. And I don't know that it's the exact same thing, but... I hear what you're saying. Chase says, I get the ick factor, like, yeah, but business is still business. Mm. 
uh, I guess keep rolling through some of these messages. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Well, we've talked through Chris Beard, and, and you know, we've talked about Will Wade a lot as well. Um, I'm intrigued by that option, honestly. But who else? If not them, then who else? Because I've seen a handful of things. One, people are, and we've gotten the text, a couple of them that have said something like, you can't just hire another mid-major. Well, I understand why people think that, truly. Like, when the name Dusty May comes out, it is a fair question to wonder, would he be a leading candidate had he not have ties to Ole Miss? Would he be the number one mid-major guy if he didn't have ties to Ole Miss? That's a fair question and, and totally justified from Ole Miss fans who have been scarred from the national search, but we found the guy that had ties to Ole Miss. Imagine that. The best candidate always has ties to Ole Miss. I get that criticism. But is Ole, is that unique to Ole Miss? Or do, do all schools, to a certain degree, kind of gravitate to people who are have, have ties to their program? Michigan wants Michigan people. So there's one. Yeah. I mean, Mississippi None of State State's baseball current has head been coaches. Mississippi. Not currently, but traditionally. Well, I mean, Cohen, obviously, but I mean, Polk was there forever, and McMahon was his guy underneath him. Um, yeah. But Canizero didn't have any connections to Mississippi State. Yeah. But uh, point is, and th- I think that's a valid question, a valid criticism. All of that's valid. However, the guy you want, Chris Beard, came from Little Rock. The other guy you want, Will Wade, came from VCU in Chattanooga. Nate Oates came from Buffalo. Eric Musselman's a mid-major. How, I mean, all of the almost all of the great college basketball coaches were either assistants at a high-profile job or a mid-major coach. So you can't hire a mid-major because he won't win it is not rooted in reality. That, that, that's not a realistic thought. There were three head coaching hires in the SEC last year. Well, no, there, there were more than that. Five, right? Sorry. They, they were, there were a bunch. Chris Jans was at a mid-major. It's called New Mexico State, and he is on the cusp of going to the NCAA tournament. Dennis Gates was at Cleveland State. He's now at Missouri, and they are on their way to the NCAA tournament. Todd Golden is at Florida. Just lost his. They were a bubble team for a while. It's not a great team. He's got work to do there. But losing Colin Castleton ended their NCAA tournament hopes. Um, and oh, at McMahon. LSU, Matt McMahon, McMahon at LSU, Matt McMahon. Well, and he's dealing with the Huge fallout rebuild. of Will Wade. But yeah. mid major uh, is not a criticism, or at least it should. And, and then be. Mike White went from Florida to, to yeah. Georgia. To, so. Right. That, I think, is people are misconstruing. I don't know if it's because they don't understand really how the college basketball landscape works or what, but you don't just go hire sitting Power 5 head coaches very often, if ever, especially when your job has been to nine NCAA tournaments ever. Now, there's a chance that it happens, though. So I mentioned Dusty May, right? And people are turned off by him. Understandably so, because he might be a candidate only because he has ties to Ole Miss. However, hold on a second. But 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 that's not the only reason he's a, he's a candidate that, because they're twenty five and three this year and fifteen and two in their conference. That's what I was getting to. Uh, okay. to. However, he's been there five years at FAU. Has had five winning seasons. He has literally doubled FAU's winning seasons. Doubled them. 
It's a horrible, pro, a horrible place to, to coach. Awful job. No history of anything. He's doubled their winning seasons. First ranking ever. Runs a, a fast-paced, still pretty efficient style of play. So th- there is a but associated with him, and that but is can he assemble a staff and recruit and portal at this level? Because he hasn't done it yet. He's also never coached in an NCAA tournament game. There's no perfect candidate out there. So every time somebody brings up a name, well, this. So therefore, he's out. We right, so let, me, about- let me throw a couple of names at you. Um, but because right, but there's some common names that have been floating yeah. around, right? Dusty May's name's been floating around. Pat Kelsey at College of Charleston's name's been floating around. There's a uh, but for Grant, him. Never yeah, coached at the highest level. Great Grant coach. Caslin at North Texas, uh, the guy at Utah State. So, so there, but then there are a couple of names that I feel like have not been as commonly tossed around that I wonder if maybe you should be thinking about. What about Ron Hunter? That name ring a bell? It's interesting the, for sure. Mm-hmm. You remember the guy that fell off the stool in the NCAA tournament? I mean, legit March Madness moments absolutely has. Coached in the NCAA tournament at Georgia State and has done a really good job at Tulane. Tulane's a hard place to win. He's a proven head coach. I don't know how old Ron Hunter is. Ron Hunter is 58. He made three NCAA tournaments at at Georgia State. Three in a short time. You want to talk about a guy that is magnetic when he speaks? Like you listen to him talk, and man, that is that's a great personality. Long time at IUPUI, Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis, Ui Pui, I believe they call it. And then uh Georgia State. And now four years at Tulane. No NCAA tournaments at Tulane, but again, that's a that's a hard job. Um what about Bob Ritchie? Remember that name? We kicked that name around a little bit last year. I know Bob Ritchie. Of your Furman Paladins. Yeah. Um, really efficient offense. Um, Fast-paced. Take a lot of outside shots. He always has good shooters. Is a consistent winner. The butt with him, though, is hasn't coached outside of the state of South Carolina. Hasn't had a, a job even as an assistant at a, at a big-time school. So you don't know if he can recruit and portal and assemble a staff. But... Uh, style of play, major, major check in his, um, in the positive column for him. The way they play is fun and interesting, and he's got shooters, and they run a fast, efficient style of basketball, and he wins. Hey, Dad, we saw him in Starkville last year, right? When Furman came mm-hmm. and, uh, and should have won that game. Yeah, as I say, it was a really it was close game yeah. that went off, too. Yeah, you know, to, to your always has good shooters. Um, I remember being, Pretty impressed with him. Um, just, you know, kind of in talking to him leading up to the game and then kind of watching them during that game. It was pretty good stuff. So yeah. there's a couple of other names to kind yeah. of throw out there that yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to come from a pool of here are four names. Right. End of conversation. The the one I'm most intrigued by and, and uh, may not be realistic at all, Again, every candidate has a but. He's got one, too. But Chris Holtman at Ohio State has made, yep, 
He's um, he's made seven consecutive NCAA tournaments at two different sites. He's the only option that that checks all of these boxes. Consistently makes the NCAA tournament. Has done that at two different stops. Has repeatedly recruited high-level NBA caliber players. Has had multiple staffs at multiple stops of high-level recruiters. And doesn't come with any baggage. Now, I know Ole Miss is not Ohio State or Butler. They don't have the same resources or basketball history. But he has had eight straight teams that were tournament teams. The COVID year got canceled. That team was very clearly going to make the tournament. If he goes to one-third of the tournaments that he's made in a nine-year stretch at Ole Miss, it would be the greatest run in the school's history. Like, he brought Gardner-Webb their first 20-win season ever. Butler's been a train wreck since he's left. Good coach, good recruiter, proven track record, proven consistent tournament appearances, and has won a game in six of those seven tournament appearances, at least one, and no baggage. And he's got ties to Mississippi. That one's intriguing to me. Took Butler to the second round, the second round, then the Sweet 16 at Ohio State. Second round, second round, postseason canceled, first round, second round. But they're not good this season. They're, they're, they're bad this year. Morky, there's one more name that is kind of worth floating around, just in terms of guys that are available that have got a history of success. Chris Mack. A lot of success so at interesting. Xavier. Um, it did not go well for him at Louisville. First year tournament, second year COVID, third year suspended for six games at the beginning of the season for recording a conversation um, with Dino Gaudio that when Dino Gaudio was trying to extort him, it was a violation of university policies to record a conversation without the other party knowing, and then he was fired the next year after a 6-8 and eight start. And that COVID team was going to make the tournament, too. Very similar to Holtman. You know, it, it's spinning it some uh, with Holtman, but he had eight consecutive tournament teams. You can add another one to Mac as well. That team was going to make the tournament also. Yeah. Um, and, they, you know, the season got canceled, whatever. But the point is, even despite it going bad at Louisville, we still had two tournament teams. Yeah. yeah. And that's another guy. Although he's got, I don't know if you want to call that baggage or whatever, there, there's there's something there. But there's another guy that has multiple stops of making the tournament, recruiting at a high level, hiring staff at a high level. And those kind of options don't come around very often. That's why... I'm kind of hung up on Holtman so much. It's, you know, I, I know Keith Carter is getting pressure to some degree about Dusty May. You can tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong, but there, there, there are there are people trying to push him in that direction. The athletic director gets pushed in a lot of different directions by a lot of people. I know that's a direction that that people that pay a lot of the bills are wanting to push him down. You don't know if he can hire a staff and recruit. And portal. But you know Holtman can. You know Mac can. You know Beard and Wade can. But they've got the baggage. Holtman doesn't have the baggage. He has one bad year in a decade. 
That's why I'm so intrigued by him. I think Ole Miss fans turning their nose up at a guy that's had one bad year in a decade is ridiculous considering the history of the basketball program. But anyway. Chris Holtman's contract is an odd one. His base salary is a million dollars, which they kind of break out differently, but he's got also $1.3 million in media obligations that is added to that, so that takes him to $2.3 million, and then there are some other I think all in, he's at about $3 million a year. And he's got a contract that runs, what, through the 27-28 season? I think so. And his contract has built-in $450,000 a year raises. And it's going to be expensive to get him away. Uh, if Ohio State wants to terminate Holtman's contract prior to 2028, he would be owed the full remaining salary. And if he wants to leave Ohio State early, um, let's see here, prior to June 30th of 2023, it's a $2.5 million buyout, and that number goes down $500,000 a year. So, look, this is not the single determining factor, but money is an issue in this. Ole Miss is currently paying Kermit Davis, what, just a hair over $3 million a year. They owe him a buyout for his termination. If they wanted to go get a guy like Chris Holtman, they would have to pay a buyout there. So if Kermit Davis's buyout is somewhere in the 3 to $4 million neighborhood, because there were two years left on his deal, at $3 million a year, and it's some percentage of that salary that, that Ole Miss owes him. For some reason, I'm thinking it's like 60% of the remaining. So, you know, roughly $4 million, maybe a little less than that on the buyout. And then you had a $2.5 million buyout to get a guy away who's already making $3 million, so you would expect that he would want to raise on top of that. I mean, is Ole Miss going to pay a basketball coach $3.5, $4 million? Well, unless Ohio State's wanting to move off of him. That that that's kind of an ex, and you would. I'm asking because I don't know the answer to this. Because of the buyout situation and Ole Miss's financial situation, shout out Auburn in part for that. Um, would the two sides, or could the two sides work together to work on buyout? Because if Ohio State wants to move on from Holtman, they'd have to pay him a lot, right? But if Ole Miss wants to hire him, they'd have to pay Ohio State a lot, right? But if both of those things are happening simultaneously, wonder if they could work on a lesser agreed buyout so Ole Miss doesn't have to pay as much as they would otherwise, and Ohio State wouldn't have to pay as much as they would otherwise, like mutually work together to help each other out, essentially, Maybe. to get it done, because they seemingly want to move on from him. Possibly. But he's still at a base salary of $3 million with a half million dollar raise every year for the rest of the contract. That doesn't mean you have to give it to him if they're moving on from him, though. You don't have to give him that. Yeah, but he doesn't have to move on from that when Ohio State's on the hook for it if they want to fire him. Interesting deal here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I guess the point in all of this I'm saying is Ole Miss has got a lot of money going out in a lot of different directions. They are probably, I don't it's not probably. Ole Miss is paying beyond what it is comfortable paying for its football coach. Got a head football coach making nine million dollars a year with a defensive coordinator that what is over two on a three-year deal, 
and had to pay a buyout there. I mean, it's just it's just a lot of money. And I know Haydad is is fond of the oh they'll find the money, but at some point there's no money to be found, at least in the immediate. And and so you know I don't know how much that factors in here, because if you go get a mid major guy, you're more like two two and a half million a year, or you know somewhere in the one point eight to two point five range. I think that's kind of what all the new guys last year got. Do you know Jan's number off the top of your head, hey, Dad? I do not. I think he's about $2 million. Yeah, I think that sounds right. 2.4. Okay. Incentives up to 650 k yep. But maybe that's like, you know, making the final four. Sure. If he makes the tournament this year, you would think that there would be a, a nice incentive there. there. We get this message, better make a splash hire to get more folks in seats. I I agree that a splash hire would get more people in seats immediately. Like That's objectively true. But I promise you, if they look improved and they win games through the non-conference and they start SEC play 2-0 or whatever, fans are going to show up in droves to watch the team play, regardless of what the name of the coach is. Sure. Winning, well, it, winning draws people regardless of who is doing the winning. That's that's all that matters. Chase Parham and I have talked about this, and I think he's written about it a little bit as well. The, the truth is there's not that much difference in revenue for the number of season tickets that Ole Miss is selling right now versus if they sold out the entire building for every single game. Because, I mean, they're selling, what, Four or five thousand season tickets right now. I mean, it's a couple of million dollars difference. So that number is not as crazy as some might think. We'll be back. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.